0: Welcome to the Omni Gamers Club podcast. This is
1: Mark USA. And this is Daniel Winter. So I guess this will be dropping first thing in 2022, right? First so. of 2022, <laughs> that's so right. I'm speaking to you from the past. Uh, <laughs> the ghost of, of 2021. Well, I hope everyone had a great... Having a lovely holidays. Yeah, uh,
0: they we're snowed under here in uh, in the Vancouver area, so that's fun.
1: Yeah, well, I was hoping to get some games in over the over the holidays, but unfortunately, we can't get in or out right now. So uh, stuck with uh, the video games right now, and and a jigsaw I'm working, <laughs> I'm working on right now, rather than board games.
0: Uh, that's okay. It's 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 good time to be chill and spend time with your family. Maybe get get outside and do a little um little sledding exactly yeah <laughs> very nice so daniel what
1: uh, what have you been playing of late uh well we did actually manage to play a game together a couple of weeks ago now just before uh we got snowed in and that was the next mission of descent the legends of the dark i think this new edition is called we've discussed it in the past but this was the second mission in the campaign so not a lot has changed but it started to layer on a few new mechanics uh the, you're, not, you're not, not locked to a particular character you can switch between missions but each character has mission goal now like it might be exploring bookshelves or attacking two enemies in one turn or something like that and the, the app is tracking all of this and it gives you a little bit of uh, sort of guidance so you're, like beyond what making an optimal move it might it might give you a little bit of some the decision space, a little bit, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, so I, I enjoyed that, and we got to meet Chance, the, the cat burglar, by which I mean a literal thief who is a, ca- a cat person, <laughs> and I had a lot of fun with them.
0: It still feels a lot like sitting around playing a video game together, and a lot of the time I did feel like I wish I was playing a tabletop role-playing game, a, a pen and paper one. But, uh, you know, there was some novelty to be had it just you know didn't really make me fire on all cylinders I guess but uh, I'd play another mission.
1: Probably my biggest complaint is just the app uh, is so small like the text is so small even I even have it I have it like casted to a TV in the games room and no one can read it anyway and there's no voice acting so I have to read everything out. That would have been a little nicer uh, having a, a better presentation uh, from the app. But uh, I mean, the mechanics are, are still pretty light. So we're not we're not particularly pressed strategically right now. I don't think, but I'm, I'm still having fun.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, we'll see what the next mission has in store. Playing anything else?
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, mostly been playing video games <laughs> due to being snowed in right now. But I just before the holidays, I managed to I came across Guardians of the Galaxy at the local library, so I've borrowed that for holidays. I remember um, the announcement got pretty mediocre uh, reactions to it, and I wasn't particularly interested at all, especially after the Avengers game sort of we bounced off of that. But tried it now, and I actually am loving it. I mean, partly due to probably reduced expectations, but uh, it's a really marked difference to what I was expecting and, and to Avengers specifically, because it's by the same publisher, Square Enix... But yeah, uh, fantastic so far. The combat is no, not really any better than Avengers. It's a pretty simple, point and shoot, and you, you've got it's a little more tactical because you have abilities from each of the. You're playing a Star Lord, and you have abilities from each of the other Guardians, and they're on a timer, and you can activate those. So a little bit, a little bit of synergy and tactical element there. But the setting is so much more unique and creative, and like. I mean, truly alien, obviously. So they've got a bit of a benefit there that it's a much, a uh, lot, lot more unique settings compared to the Avengers, and they can they really have a much better opportunity to differentiate themselves from the Marvel Cinematic Universe through some of the alien designs, and they can really <laughs> g- g- uh, go all out on on, on some different uh, different designs there. So I, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. The writing is great, and. Different enemy designs, not just a bunch of humanoids. (laughs) So good fun.
0: Very nice. My recent uh, video game that I played is a bit of a New Year's resolution of mine, is to finish (laughs) Yakuza 2 before the expiration date of January 1st. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, Yakuza 1 and 2 and 0 are leaving Game Pass, and I had started part of it, so I, I was just on a mad dash before I went on a bit of a staycation recently, and I did an all night, almost all night <laughs> marathon, and just wrapped it up. But uh, happy to finish that. Not going to get to zero, but I figure I, that game's going to be on sale again soon. I can oh, get back. Not played to the that. previous games? Uh, I have played one. Oh, okay. Zero so I was is to the bring him
1: in, in in release order, not chronological order. Then, yeah, the <laughs> I don't, I don't need to
0: see the prequel. <laughs> I really want to play like Dragon, but. I'm just a sucker completionist. I want to finish the (laughs) Kazuma Kiryu uh, legacy. So I guess I'm going to have to slog through three more uh, Yakuza games. Uh, I will say for number two, it is very much more the same. If you played number one, you know what you're getting. The Osaka environment is actually really nicely realized. And I was really surprised playing this on the Series X that the graphics, at least for the main characters, really held up it, it it didn't look like a last last gen at all and i know that they did uh, it's a, sort of a re-release right
1: yeah I remember the, way, the, the game originally came out but i think it's relatively recent remasters at yeah least.
0: i think the original yakuza games were ps3 era
1: yeah
0: Games so they're they're many generations out, but they still look pretty slick and nothing innovative. But they look good, and I'm hoping more for the newer titles in the series.
1: Cool. I wanted to get into that series, but I've I've bounced off of Zero twice now. I I'm too much of a completionist, and I get distracted by all, all the side things going on there, and then just end up getting. W- w- worn down <laughs> by by, uh, by all this, all those inspired completions.
0: There's nothing like a deadline to get, get you inspired.
1: <laughs> true, true. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll get back to our main game of the episode.
0: So the game we're going to be talking about for the main portion is a title from 2012. It's called Halo 4. And I know this is a few generations out, or a few editions out, but uh, we might touch on some of the later ones. Halo 5 perhaps a little bit, and might even do a little sneak peek into Infinite, which just released for us here when we're recording. The uh, developers, of course, for all three of those titles I mentioned is 343 Industries, picking up after the Bungie completed the original trilogy.
1: Yes, this was their the first. Well, Halo Four was the first game they released as their own sort of breakaway publisher, uh, and so it was, it was a lot riding on a lot of lot of expectations riding on the studio as their as their first game with such a, a storied franchise. This originally released on the three hundred and sixty, though I, it's of course on every platform now. It's, it's Halo being one of the the poster child for the backwards compatibility, especially with the Master Chief Collection, is that what it's called? Like, it's sort of a compilation right. of, of the first four games in one. That's where we've played it.
0: Yeah, I, lots of games are in the Master Chief Collection, including Halo 4. I think Reach was oh, added yes. after. Yeah, Reach
1: and ODST, I think, are both in there now as, like, DLC. So there's, like, six games in there, technically. Uh, Halo 5 is the only one that isn't. And... With Infinite now being on PC, Halo 5 now being the only game not on PC, which I discovered frustratingly. Uh, but that's uh, just getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, so yeah, Halo 4. I mean, I don't know if you want to touch briefly on our history with the franchise as a whole. Uh, have it, You hadn't played this one before, right?
0: I hadn't played 4, so that's why I requested we play this one. I have played all the mainline series games. So 1, 2, and 3. I was day one Halo 4 on og xbox on launch day but you know i've kept up with it sporadically um halo 2 big big fan played a lot of multiplayer of that halo 3 less less involved in it i can hardly remember what happened in the plot i don't remember anything about that except finish the fight (laughs) the um, marketing campaign for that one and hardly played any multiplayer like, for that. the
1: cliffhanger ending from two.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't remember much to be honest about that. And then Halo Four, I just you know I guess wasn't into video games nearly as much at that time. Beyond that, I didn't play Reach, and I played a bit of Halo Wars, the RTS.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get to Halo Wars next. I've actually not touched either of those, but I, I've got a similar arc. I it didn't buy it day one, but I the OG Xbox was my first console that I bought myself, and uh, together with my cousin who who convinced me to get Halo instead of, was it Project Gotham Racing? I was leaning towards, but he can oh, visit yeah. my Halo.
0: that's uh, pretty fun.
1: And basically lived at my house the next month as we just ground out co-op non-stop, and that was basically our life for, for a while there. So I've got very fun memories of that first game, uh, and, and two and three. Uh, by the time Halo 4 came out, I... I, get, I think my my 360 had red rings and I'd moved on to PlayStation as my sort of primary platform. So 4 and 5, I'd played briefly on friends' consoles or housemates, I think, but not really enough to leave a lasting impression. So it's been good to go back and and revisit them properly.
0: You know, I didn't realize at the time, because I was coming back to this, that whether Halo 4 was an Xbox One or a 360. And I think when you look at the, the newer games in context, you can really tell that Halo Four was a 360, uh, albeit a late uh, 360 uh, title when it came out. For those that are uninitiated, Halo is a renowned 20-year-old uh, first-person shooter, sci-fi space epic. You know, military-style sci-fi as opposed to you know science fiction space opera like Star Wars or something like that. It's a first-person shooter series that is known for its strong campaigns. It's a strong co op cam- uh, campaigns, which have featured through most, if not all of them, and also very strong multiplayer following uh, originally on local and on LAN, and now big time on online with titles like Infinite. For Halo 4, I didn't play any of the multiplayer, I should say. I just really focused on the campaign, which has always been my forte, except for extensive, many, many hours of lunchtime uh, multiplayer sessions of Halo 2. Uh, at a certain job where I was the boss. So that's allowed. (laughs) Uh, Lots of fun times in that office space there. So Halo 4, for the first couple of hours there, I was not loving this title after coming back to it from a long break. I think maybe intentionally, the opening was very reminiscent of Halo 1, the boarding sequence.
1: Yeah, I mean, just about every game starts on a spaceship and you're being boarded and even infinite it has a similar vibe uh there's there's, it's very much a a, a deliberate nod i think at this point
0: i mean (laughs) certainly five didn't have that opening but yeah i I know what you mean it's a bit of a trope kind of like the star wars trope of the ship being tailed by a larger enemy or something like that it's it's very much uh, a tradition with those games but I think it just felt so much like those games. And even when you landed on the planet, initially all you were seeing were the typical Covenant enemies. So I was just, I think I might even message you at the time, I was saying, <laughs> just not feeling so hot on this new Halo 4 title. But all of that changed when they revealed the much-needed new antagonists, the Prometheans.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I hate the, the original trilogy was very much built on the, I mean, the, the you, Master Chief, the humans versus the Covenant aliens and then the Flood as a third faction, which were these zombie-like, mindless, or, or are they? Uh, <laughs> mostly zombie-like um, m- monsters and, and these three factions warring against each other. So this one, you don't really... You, there's a lot of reference, but you don't actually fight them at all. But you do have this new faction, the Prometheans. These games are so hard to talk about as a product of their time because they, especially going back now bouncing back and forth between them it's so noticeable the differences between them as uh, in technology both graphically and mechanically so i, I try i'm trying not to, to judge these too harshly it's really hard to go back into the mindset of what year it was and and how it felt back then
0: yeah and obviously like even politically like i think we're a lot more skeptical of the raw, raw military propaganda oh, absolutely. that the UNSC or the sort of the, the space marines, right? The literal space marines entail. Like they're just green fatigues for some reason, even though they're in, they're in space most of the time. And they have the very much the current day military style you know, assault rifles and things like that and, and grenades. And they're basically jarheads. From modern-day Earth, set in in giant space, you know, phallus ships.
1: It feels very much. Um, speaking of phallus ships, I think uh, Aliens is the the most direct comparison. Yep, absolutely. Like, like, I, I only saw that movie recently, and it feels very reminiscent of that. Nine-Style.
0: Right, and and I think that's a direct inspiration, right? It's the Colonial Marines. You have a little bit of the Starship Troopers, with the you know the bug-like enemies <laughs> and then Ring World and things like that. Where. Um, obviously, uh, strong influences. And I think I think military-style sci-fi novels are a bit of a subgenre. They have their own following, but uh, it's definitely not one I
1: love. No, Starship Troopers at least has that satirical bent yeah. to it. Uh, and this is pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> For sure.
0: But it even goes beyond that into the whole, like, metaphysical aspect in the you know the eons old history of the humans and the non-human races that occupy the known galaxy of Halo lore. And actually, the lore is really hard to follow. And I've long since given up on trying to follow it. It <laughs> just feels very... <laughs> right. I, I think I've even read the first novel and I, I just couldn't keep it all locked into my head. I I can't hold all that... Mythos in my mind when I'm already holding all of Star Trek and, and most of Star Wars in my head. <laughs> I can't fit another uh, millennia
1: spanning sci fi um, mythos in my head. It, it just won't fit. There's something like 40 books now as well from all different authors and all different time periods, both present and ancient. And it, I, I, I've read a couple of them and enjoyed them. uh And they're supposed to be pretty decent for what i've heard but there's a lot and the, not and just the, that there's,
0: <laughs> there's tv series right there's them, those mini series they did like i think forward unto dawn is one of them and-
1: yeah well that one forward unto dawn came out um i think simultane- simultaneously with halo 4 i i watched it at the time and actually recall um it being quite good it's a, it's a fairly small scale small stakes story of just like a, a small group of, of of kids at an academy trying to survive it's not like this big right. spe- grand um so that's where opera. Lasky
0: comes from right
1: yes yeah I, I think it's his backstory and it's actually shot just around the corner here
0: <laughs> yeah it's very much the BSG that, that um uh, is it uh
1: BCIT it's a few yeah <laughs> the, yeah that's uh, a campus Fraser the Simon yeah. Fraser yeah
0: yeah I do remember some of that but um all in all um you know don't look to me for lore accuracy for any of this stuff I can hardly keep the main characters in line and but I think some of the other characters, like, um, not Dr. Halsey, she's been there forever, but uh, well, some of the other characters, the like this is the Palmer. First... Mm. Palmer's from other stuff too, side Well, stuff?
1: Palmer comes more into it in Spartan Ops, the site, the um, yes. sort of episodic, co-op episodic missions that were released after the, the main campaign. But Halsey was something I wanted to touch on, because this is actually the first time I've heard of her in the games. She's been a big part of the books, but this was the first time the games actually hinted towards that and I, th- I really think that was a missed opportunity because she like she's very short uh law tangent here basically spartans created by these ch- ch- kidnapped sh- children uh experimented on them to turn them into super soldiers and how he was the sort of main scientist behind that uh th- those experiments and it was pretty grim and like in- inarguably like monstrous things that she did for the greater good you know uh right. and they only barely scratch the surface and pay lip service to that Here is like oh she did some bad things but like really she's just oh let's get her back to let's get Cortana back to Halsey and she'll fix her and they don't really delve into though that sort of morality <laughs> of, of how that came to be
0: yeah, and I think that's like the promise and the also failing of the Halo lore is that in their very brief, crisp campaigns, which number about, you know, what, maybe eight to 10 hours, you don't really have a lot of time to expand on a lot of these really you know, intriguing characters, and they, they leave it entirely to the metamaterial, metamedia extensions to f- flesh that stuff out. So I guess great for those super fans, those diehards who mm-hmm. will Go to the effort of doing the the, the legwork, but it leaves uh, things a little bit mystifying for those who are uh, just playing, you know, lightly touching upon these um, campaigns. So perhaps you might know how this feels if you're not really <laughs> a you know comic book fan and you're going to see you know one of the five MCU movies out of the year. <laughs> you always feel like you're missing something, right? A little detail here, a little detail there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think I really could tell some great standalone stories that that pull from the expanded universe but don't rely on it quite so heavily as they do here you really feel like you're missing like you've missed a game or you're starting in the middle of the story uh even infinite the latest one does that unfortunately uh and and five, five uh even more so than four um
0: yeah, you know the the title that you know maybe Reach did this. I, I don't really know because I didn't finish it. But the title that really did this whole like short story anthology thing great was um, Odst.
1: Yes, I mean that that very much was its its own uh, standalone story, uh, including Buck, who we see in Halo Five, I believe. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I've, I've not played Odst in years. I played it once. Yes, it it's, it's been
0: a while for me too. Yeah, yeah it's got um, what's his name from. Chuck slash fireflies in there as oh, well. I think the whole
1: cast of Fireflies in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess there are at least a couple for sure. So cycling back to Halo 4, uh, this yes. one actually I thought had a fair fairly strong story, like at least something plot, I guess you could call it, rather than story. Um, it really had what the other titles in the series missed, in my opinion, which is an, a very clear emotional center. Hmm. So there's two you know main protagonists in the series. There's Master Chief, of course, John One One Seven, the dude in the suit uh, whose face you never see. He's always there with his gruff voice. And you his- do
1: see his eyes if you beat the game <laughs> on legendary.
0: <laughs> sure. So he- he's always there, obviously, with his his gruff one liners. And Cortana is always there, speaking in your ears, because she is the AI that assists Chief throughout. The entire preceding trilogy, but in a very convenient turn of events, her her program is decompiling. It's it's winding down, and it's essentially she's coming to the end of her life. Going rampant. <laughs> That's right, and 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 so they raise that plot point very early in the story. And unlike the other titles in the series, you can tell that. Chief, who's just like super carved out of stone, is showing maybe the first signs of true emotion that he's ever really displayed. And, and you know, that's that was a refreshing change, I thought.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really hard to instill any degree of emotion into that character. I mean, if, if perhaps that would be there'd a be better context to, to Chief as a character if we knew more about that, um, like the whole Halsey and him being... A forced super soldier from a child. So he's obviously like emotionally stunted. If they brought more of that context into it, perhaps it would, it would deliver better. But the, the relationship to, between Chief and, and Cortana really is key here. And the performances, uh, are, are pretty top notch. I mean, regardless of, of Chief being gruff and everything, the, the, like the, the voice deliveries, uh, especially from, uh, I think it's Jen Taylor Cortana is, is pretty top of the line. I, I feel it's, um,
0: and she, of course, moving. is dual uh, role uh, of Dr. Halsey as well as as her her likeness and appearance. Basically, Cortana is a copy of Dr. Halsey, or is modeled after her. So, it certainly makes sense that she would be playing the voice of the uh, the older human Dr. Halsey. Speaking of Cortana, I, I don't think we can avoid talking about the big design choice I guess you could call it <laughs> of putting yeah, her Yeah, <laughs> of putting her in a very very skin tight digital bathing suit, I guess you could call it <laughs> or essentially just painted on patterns onto, you know, a nude female human body for an AI character and it's I guess what would you call it controversial?
1: I mean, I don't know that I've he- I've heard much controversy about it, but I mean, in hindsight, it really doesn't date well. I, mean, I was reading some research on, on on those redesigns and how they made up some excuse that she's she uses her guiles to like distract the enemies um, while while she's hacking them or something. It's like we're in a war against aliens. What is what is a, an AI bikini going to do there? Exactly.
0: <laughs> the the opponents are six different alien races, some of which have two sets of jaws. Like, what do they care what she's wearing? <laughs> they don't even see her
1: anytime? No, No, she doesn't really have a physical presence unless you're slotting her into a console. <laughs> from going from,
0: it makes no from sense the- because in her original incarnation, she looks like a character out of Reboot, right? Like she's very <laughs> low poly. You can't really see much of anything other than, you know, just glowing purple.
1: Mm. And they, they have um, pulled back from that in, in Infinite, especially, uh, that I, I'm, I'm glad to see. I haven't gotten very far in Infinite, but I know that there's a new character that's
0: sort of modeled after her. And It's, it's basically some, a
1: copy of Cortana. It's like a distinct AI, but it's the same right. model.
0: <laughs> so Cortana's program is breaking down. Uh, she's very scantily dressed, <laughs> and they have to get back to Dr. Hal- Halsey to have a chance of correcting the failure so the whole plot is driven by that otherwise it's it's the sort of same galaxy spanning space romp that you've seen before with a variety of missions i would say you know the 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 typical variety of missions a lot of it is of course in space corridors and things like that and then you have your planet type scenes and i thought it very very much along the lines of the previous three games but uh, in a couple of cases i appreciated that they made the levels a little bit less linear. I don't know if you recall, one of my favorites was the um, the jungle level.
1: Yes, yeah. It was a little easy to get uh, disoriented in there, but that's, that's like it's a thematic choice, I think, in, in trying to confuse you um, as you're as going through there. And it was definitely one of the more unique uh, s- settings.
0: I don't think any of the previous games had really made a great use of like levels, of vertical space. Yeah and i feel like they did that at least a bit in this this entry in the series so the jungle level was great because it had a little bit of verticality a little bit of levels you know you were like looking down from way above looking through the leaves and the vines and that is something that you never really had from a halo except for maybe at best looking over from a cliff this game additionally Introduces some mechanical differences, like these armor abilities.
1: Well, I think those actually were in three or reach, but they're like they're like um, pickups. You can have one uh, pickup at a time that might give you a variety of abilities on a on a cooldown. It might be a and like an overshield or um, predator vision to, to like that you see through walls. Right. Uh, a jetpack. Jetpacks. Uh, yeah. I think my favorite uh, was a little drone uh a, a portable drone that you can pop out and that, w- that was helpful for picking off some of the smaller more annoying enemies to be quite honest i didn't use the armor abilities very much at all no
0: i used the jet pack a couple of times and it felt very satisfying when it worked if you time it really well you can execute these really awesome feeling dive bomb attack from above maneuvers and uh, i felt like that predator vision like you called it was tailor-made for that jungle level let's be honest
1: you only see it for that one level, really, where visibility is really hampered. Beyond that, it, there's not a lot of use for it because everyone's things out in the open.
0: <laughs> and I think they pretty much wanted to recreate that feel of the original Predator Arnie movie <laughs> uh, out there in the jungle, right?
1: I don't feel like they really added much though those, those, to be honest. In light of some of the other abilities that you have in the newer games, like they really f- feel pretty mediocre.
0: <laughs> Nothing like the uh, hookshot, right?
1: Yeah. Uh I mean even I mean you've got so there's the hook the, 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 the what they what do they call it? The zipline or hookshop, if you want to call it in in the in Halo Infinite. Uh but even so much as having Grabbing onto ledges and pulling yourself up, sliding right. that sort of thing. That those are both in five. Like I was really enjoying those in in infinite. Uh, what the life played of that, and then was surprised to see that most of that was already present in five. Most like just simple. They're, like, they're iterative. They're taken for granted in modern shooters, so it's really hard to go back to these slightly older. Shooters that don't have those those quality of life features. I mean, this has a, a sprint button, which was pretty new for Halo. So the sure. always- list. <laughs> it's a little
0: hard for me to tell because I don't keep up with either the Call of Duty or the Battlefield games because I, I'm st- strongly against military modern day military shooters. Oh, same. They just don't do it for me. I have no interest in recreating these morally bankrupt um, military campaigns.
1: Oh, I've not played a, uh, Call of Duty since the first Modern Warfare.
0: <laughs> right. But as a result of that, I, I don't really follow along with some of the m- more common modern FPS uh, mechanics,
1: I guess. I'm, I'm thinking and, more like Borderlands 2 and 3. Like There was a big difference in like, mobility oh, yeah. to that, for example. Uh, that makes it really hard to go back to the, to the earlier games.
0: Sure. Quality of life improvements. But um, really, I feel like a lot of early console FPS is especially suffered from sort of just stuck to the ground, right? You didn't even have jumps in most of those. Yeah,
1: it feels very plotting. I, I, I'm trying not to, to to ding this too much on for its time. It, it, was, sure. it was it probably didn't you didn't really didn't feel that. It's, it's a little hard to go back though.
0: Yeah, nowadays you have these wall running maneuvers, and and definitely in four and five you had those sort of jumping platforms, I guess, where they shoot you across. Oh yes, a, a yeah, those those are fun. <laughs> and I guess um, we shouldn't forget games like. Um, they're escaping me now. The mech, the mech shooter. Titanfall? FPS? Titanfall, that's right. Yeah, Titanfall that, that
1: definitely has the wall running.
0: <laughs> yeah, those were popular. Obviously, um, extending from early, even earlier games like Prince of Persia and stuff like that. But nonetheless, yeah, a lot more dynamic movement and a lot more use of levels uh, is, is welcome. And you, you can sa- certainly see the transition of them going from four or five to infinite
1: yeah i mean it was, i found it really hard because i was playing on heroic mostly and it really felt like you have so little mobility you get stuck out in the open you've you've got no way of, of really you don't really have any any tools in your belt to, to move around and get out of combat so you have to stay back you have to like pick everything up at range you don't really have a lot of options
0: if it's okay i'd like to kind of cycle it back on the prometheans a yes, little bit so go
1: back to be like the enemies
0: yeah i feel like we didn't delve into sort of what makes them unique from the covenant certainly which the covenant is still around just sort of like a game of starcraft wouldn't be starcraft if it only had two races having a third faction really spices things up and in some cases the covenant are themselves attacking the prometheans Or they're working with the Prometheans.
1: At some point, they just are inexplicably working with the Prometheans, and it's never really explored why.
0: (laughs) I I think it's because there are sub factions within the covenant.
1: Yeah, there's a throwaway line. Oh, there's a different, like, that's why they keep coming up with excuses for why we're still fighting the covenant, even though that war was supposedly ended.
0: (laughs) Right. Because, you know, they're allied with the Sangheili and stuff like that. And, and now we learn there. up in Civil
1: War. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, so the Prometheans themselves, what I really appreciated about them is that they themselves make use of levels. There's a lot more flyers, for one. There's those shield flyers, which help protect the knights, which I thought was just devious. What Watchers watches. Sure, yeah. I thought those were super devious and like really mixed up the oh, gameplay.
1: <laughs> they're so frustrating I found those. Like they just the moment you shoot them once they just die behind cover and you can't take them out.
0: <laughs> right, and and you have to really prioritize who you're shooting which makes you be much more tactical, something that I thought was very much lacking in in the straight up covenant fights of of all the previous titles. And also the the dog type i think those, I think those are the prowlers
1: yeah those, those are definitely the standard i think um that feel yeah. very different compared to any previous enemy like their mobility right. jumping around running up and down walls
0: the speed yeah, yeah the, the climbing <laughs> right just that that quality that an attack can come from anywhere from any level and that they
1: can jump out around corners very quickly it's something that the covenant never really had but they're pretty easy to deal with at the same time. You can just, like, one-day chop sure. will take them out, so they're not, they're not too frustrating.
0: Yeah, they definitely have their classic patterns, which, you know, I think you need to keep it manageable. But at least they added variety to those patterns. And I don't know about you, but I found the Promethean weapons just felt so great.
1: mean okay. I, 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 the, 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 the knights, which we didn't touch on, for example, are the other uh, Promethean... Enemy, like, mm-hmm. I felt, those were pretty much just like a reskin of the the elites. Uh, to like, the, you got a bigger, beefier uh, commander of of the enemies. Uh, sure,
0: I sort of like bundle them together with those Watchers. I, I kind yeah. of think of them as as a unit, right? They work together.
1: Yeah, but I mean, in, in the way that those were to me felt like a, a reskin of the elites. The Promethean weapons felt like reskins of the of of, of the covenant weapons like the 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 rifle feels like the covenant rifle the assault rifle feels like the the covenant assault rifle i felt different about that as
0: <laughs> i felt that they were a fantastic blend of covenant and human weaponry Huh. and i think that's there's a point to that there's another one of those throwaway lines in the plot that the prometheans are mimetic so they they copy what they see and, and that's why they' they're sort of like more amalgamation <laughs> No, they're they're sort of more organic like they they are machines obviously but they they feel like dogs they feel like creatures uh some of them even are more humanoid than others and some of them are more covenant than others covenant weapons you know are always like energy based right mm-hmm so they have, you know, instead of ammo packs, they have sort of batteries or whatever that overheat. And I feel like Promethean weapons were cool because they had ammo, but some of them had sort of slight recharge effects to them or or they might overheat, but they also have ammo. So
1: I felt like it was a good blend. See, funnily enough, all these things you're saying about Halo 4, I feel that about Halo 5. I think the distinction was like so much stronger there. We, we won't get too much into that just oh, yeah. yet. But- in four the, five this, is the extension
0: <laughs> right they pushed it even further
1: exactly i mean maybe it's just that i was playing on, on a higher difficulty where i had to I, I had to mostly just use the same couple of weapons and couldn't didn't really have the the, the wiggle room to experiment with the different weapons that i didn't get to see the, the full breadth of that <laughs> so I, I i mostly just used the the, the the light rifle i think it's called the long long range rifle Sure. <laughs> what I'm mostly stuck to from 90% of the game. Because you have to take out like those watches. You have to take out from a distance. <laughs> There's no way you're going to get them up close.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You have to take those guys down first. So I felt that aside from the new enemies, the Prometheans, the, the level designs of 4 seemed fairly firmly rooted in the past.
1: Mm. there's very much this dichotomy in halo games of right? <laughs> even infinite ha- does the same thing you've got your outside levels you've got yeah. your walking through forerunner corridor levels <laughs> right obviously
0: the early games were because they wanted to reuse assets and whatnot but um you just got your repetitive spaceship corridors or you have your repetitive forerunner facility corridors you walk into a facility and you walk out exactly the same path <laughs> and there was so much of that in Four that you know Hey, that's that's the Halo legacy right oh, there. Don't something. forget
1: your um, your gondolas, your floating gondolas.
0: <laughs> okay, sure.
1: Um, those, will begin in Halo Two. I think and make a big return here. But there, there was there was a couple of really cool set pieces. I thought uh, and and vistas right. like that first. So you crash land on on this on this. I say planet, but what do they call it? A, sh- a shield world. Uh, I don't exactly understand the the logistics of how that works, but uh, you're on a, you're in this artificial planet of some kind. Um, and you crash land, walk through the wreckage and come out on this cliff overlooking this enormous vista of, of gorgeously painted skyboxes and forerunner towers in the distance. And like that is pretty breathtaking still, I think. Uh, I, I, f- I found those pretty impressive
0: yeah i felt some of the the set dressing of the world's a little like it's like otherworldly avatar style junk right (laughs) it's like a bunch of floating rocks or whatever and a bunch of big pits you're you're obviously not supposed to
1: you see one floor in a tower you see them all
0: (laughs) kind of yeah it's just like you know get me to the meat of it it's like get me to the game mechanics are largely tuned out the floating platforms and the the very you know, samey sort of textures of the backgrounds and things like that. I, I just wanted to get to the next gunfight.
1: It wasn't It wasn't a super varied setting. I didn't say the jungle. It, it's all this sort of, the planet felt pretty homogenous, I will say. I guess there's right. a desert level, but again, that's pretty traditional Halo. That's the, um, the tank one you're talking about? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's, the Walker tank. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I have mixed feelings in on that one because, I mean, it, it feels pretty uh, incredulous to stick this whopping enormous tank in the middle of a desert and like slowly go through on land to take
0: <laughs> yeah like, and, and i know why they did it right like they they do it because halo campaigns can get monotonous you can only run and gun down a hallway so mm-hmm. long you can only run and gun up or down a ca- canyon so many times
1: and it is impressive the scope of it like it's i, I don't know how you what i think they call it an like elephant or a mammoth or something uh and it's right. it's it's the size of a, a like a four five story building basically
0: <laughs> yeah it's a, it's this hulking behemoth and it's um kind of a vehicle escort mission i guess you're riding it and you're with other you know ai controlled unsc soldiers or whatnot but you know it just sort of felt like a like a big pokemon snap mission with guns <laughs> <sighs> come on like let me let me get out there and and i guess it did let you get out there and commandeer a banshee or whatever here and there but um all in all, it felt a little bit forced.
1: Yeah, Halo levels are, Halo's always been about having being a bit of a sandbox in, in how you approach a particular mission. Whether like, you can jump into various vehicles, you can switch out all your weapons. Like you have a lot of agency in how you approach something, and that one did really. You could sort of could see the edges fraying a bit. Like you come across a shallow creek, and oh, you you, you can't. Drive across the creek. You have to go back inside the mammoth and wait for it to cross the creek before you can get out again. Uh, so it was a, it was a few rough edges like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could see the kind of aging level design, such as the you know the enter the room and press the button and wait for the enemies to attack you, right? Or <laughs> the enter the room and press the button and wait for the platform to rise or something like that. There's just and
1: it still hasn't changed even in infinite though.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's age old Halo design. <laughs> so this game, the campaign on how long to beat, it says the main story is about seven and a half hours. It's not particularly long. But I felt like it was the right length like, of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it says main story plus extras, about ten and a half hours. That sounds about right. I presume that includes the what'd you call
1: it Spartan Ops? That might be completely separate. Is it is a episodic mission-based thing called Spartan Ops? It's it's designed for co-op basically. Uh, I, I played a little bit of that. I played okay, I played one mission. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any kind of matchmaking for that. You can play them on the, on the, on the Master Chief collection, but unless you have a preformed group, I couldn't really find any way of, of getting into that.
0: Right, yeah, we were trying to set up a, a go of that, but it uh, wasn't able to happen. But um, uh, as a result, I did manage to play and beat Halo 5, and I think you played a bit of that as well. Before we move away from four, though, can we talk a little bit more about the characters, like some of the the antagonists, for instance?
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, so the, the big baddie, obviously, they introduce here, the Didact, uh, was quite a divisive figure at the time. I know. Mm. I, I, I recall. I remember when when this game first came out, everyone complaining about all the proper nouns: the librarian, the Didact, the Vault, the <laughs> the, 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 the um, Oh, what's what's the, what's the big MacGuffin that you're trying to get? The the chorus? the Oh, the... God. <laughs> I can't remember. Some kind of, the, the musical something or other that you're I trying to get. I cannot tell you at this point. <laughs> uh, so it can be a little confusing and then yeah, proper nouns for the sake of it. <laughs> but I felt it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, as always in these games, I feel like the setting and the backstory is always more interesting than the moment-to-moment plot, you know what I mean?
0: I think there are lo- record
1: logs that you Terminals, can find. Yeah, one right. terminal in on each level that will give you some right. backstory. So
0: you will get a proper scripted movie that explains the millennia-old story of humans as this sort of progenitor race that that is older than our known human history. They are presupposing that humans existed as a race before that. And they were sort of hubris or something, and they got kind of like sent back. They got de-evolved or kind of de-cultured <laughs> into the humans that we know now. Uh, so we had a, a legacy, I guess, in space before that is what they're promising, which I find quite in contradiction of the concept of human evolution <laughs> from from the other creatures that live on Earth. Well, obviously the monkeys
1: evolved from us, Mark. <laughs>
0: It really just makes no sense from an evolutionary perspective. I I know,
1: yeah. The science is dumb, but I'll be honest, the the whole progenitor race trope is one of my favorites.
0: (laughs) Well, it's it's fine if there's a progenitor (laughs) race, but why make them humans, right? It just sounds counterintuitive.
1: Ancient aliens were humans all along.
0: (laughs) I'm not saying it's aliens, man, but it's aliens. (laughs) Yeah, the didact character and the librarian are what? They were lovers
1: or they were well, the husband and wife i, I right. believe uh and had a falling out so I, I don't know if the forerunners are immortal or at least have a, v- a very long lifespan
0: right and and i'm gonna get all the facts wrong but <laughs> i, I want to just sort of compare them
1: to the closest thing i can think of is they're sort of like greek gods right yeah, it reminds me of the, in Assassin's Creed, you have these similar sort of Greek gods. I, I think they're literally called like Athena and Apollo in, 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 in Assassin's Creed, these progenitor races that remortals immortals and seeded humanity or something in, the, in that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so grand and overwrought, these Greek god like Zeus and Hera type characters. And obviously you gotta, you know, simplify it, the scope of it so you can understand. You can, you have to personify these concepts, right? So, basically, the librarian is the grandmother protector of humanity, and she sort of saves humanity. And, you know, compared to her, the, the didact seems like this, like, mush, mustache-twirling villain. <laughs> so, their whole relationship doesn't make any sense
1: that yeah, they were I don't ever know. together. I, I, I didn't catch enough of the, the terminals this time. I, I, I have seen them all before, but I forget now. But I get there was some kind of big wall between the ancient humans and the Flood and the Forerunners, and... The didact got radicalized via all of that. And there's some weird AI stuff going on there, and it's a lot. Like, I think it, was, it absolutely is an interesting story, but it's so when it when it relies on optional sort of collectibles that you won't right. even, really, even see all of it. It's really hard to set up these motivations and consistent characterizations.
0: Yeah, and that's sort of why I feel like this isn't really spoiler territory we're getting into because I'm probably getting all the facts wrong, first of all. (laughs) And you'd have to read six novels to remember what these characters did. I think the biggest thing that sort of bugged me about this plotline, and maybe this is a spoiler. Spoiler alert. They make the chief this Paul Atreides-style genetic messiah. Oh, reclaimer. <laughs> right. Like, what did just, you think I, about that?
1: I, I still don't entirely understand if it's him specifically or just as a human. I don't know if he is special. I mean, obviously he is special, but like, I, I'm not, they don't really elaborate on why that is. It's just this. Well, Hal-
0: Halsey calls him special thing. too.
1: Oh yeah, but he's, he's a, 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 like mad scientist. I don't know. What's right, right.
0: But she's <laughs> the one that's crafting this, essentially a eugenic. Experiment, yeah, which humanity. does have
1: some nasty overto- under- overtones <laughs> with, the, with all the gen- genetic modification.
0: Right, exactly. So making Chief or John, I guess you could call him, this Paul style genetic messiah, felt like it whole. It totally cheapened
1: the whole hero arc. Mind oh, you, that was all a trap, though. Anyway, right. The whole like him using the reclaimer status to unlock the didact was like all a, a, a trick for, by the didact so i'm not entirely sure how that all fits together that
0: part i, I don't even remember yeah so. yeah
1: <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> do you want to delve a
0: little bit into spoilers i have a couple of fun yeah it's a 10 year old game i don't think it's a huge issue
1: <laughs> all right cool here comes the spoiler wall well i, I see you two had the the star wars moments at the end there <laughs> oh it, there's a straight up trench run On a a Death Star. (laughs) On a freaking Death Star. Or an orb. Sorry, (laughs) Bungie's love of orbs is is well known with uh, Destiny, I guess. Right. This is is another great big orb.
0: (laughs) Man, but it's a straight up trench run. And like I said before, the reason for this is obvious. They wanted to mix up the gameplay. So you just hop in this Starfighter, which you've never seen before. (laughs) and you shoot down the turrets and dodge the beams and steam pipes and whatever that are jutting out of the Death Star contraption. And it it really was reminiscent of the the more recent Star Wars Squadron game to me.
1: Oh, yeah. I, don't th- I haven't played that one. But I, I, I quite enjoyed this. I thought it played pretty well. <laughs> it was a nice distraction, but it wasn't Halo, in my opinion. No, I mean, I, th- I think Reach had had space combat previously. It's not the first one to have space combat but this was very much a a, a on rails right uh specifically i guess sort of felt like a distraction right like
0: star wars squadron is about those space encounters whereas halo you know in my opinion is about on the ground running and gunning or ground vehicles like whipping and i mean e- about. every
1: halo game basically ends with the warthog run or some kind of vehicle right. run and i think this is reminiscent of that it's like and, and mixing it up at the same time so i i i, I wouldn't think no you're,
0: you're totally that. right I, I totally agree <laughs> with you i just felt like this was the most warthog run
1: in space <laughs> right
0: this was the most extreme extension of that
1: <laughs> i i enjoyed it <laughs> yeah I I, uh, had fun
0: too. I won't lie
1: I, I see you also noted the the, the final boss fight for. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's a bit of maybe a bit of an overstatement because it is a single quick time event, basically. <laughs> Press E to defeat the Didact.
0: <laughs> Seem like a super anticlimax, And if I recall correctly, you're sort of in this Promethean filled paintball gun arena, essentially, and you're jumping from platform to platform, and then you just jump into this like warp field and then you get You're expecting placed in front of the
1: <laughs> right and it's like prissy
0: there, there was the denouement cortana essentially quote-unquote dies like or crisis
1: herself yeah
0: gets merged into the whatever ai core or Data something stream
1: <laughs> something something
0: yeah. she becomes the ghost in the machine right <laughs> and we all know where that's going so all in all i thought the final encounter with the didact seemed really anticlimactic and sort of brought into question why this I have this
1: to imagine there was exists. a boss fight that they had to cut for some reason and then mm. slap that in. I, I, I died a couple of times. I wasn't expecting it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they could have run out of development time. And, you know, these games obviously have launch windows that they just have to hit. Until recently, you know, they delayed Infinite for a whole year, and I think they did that for a good reason. But in previous years it would have been unthinkable to delay a Halo title, because they're usually tied to numbers that they have to hit, right?
1: Yeah. You can probably wrap up Halo 4 there. I don't know if you had any final thoughts. That's basically it for me. Is like I'm glad I
0: played it. It didn't blow me away, but I feel like it injected enough fresh blood with the Prometheans to make me look into the, the newer games and maybe get excited again about a series that I had long laid to rest. I'd essentially retired
1: Halo. It set the stage for something more interesting, at least, let's put it that way.
0: For sure, yeah. I think 343 didn't blow me away, but it also didn't totally drop the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the the rampancy angle, I found a pretty fascinating sort of theme. If, if I don't entirely understand the science. It's pretty hokey, but it did lead to some pretty um like very existential discussions like cortana has this whole tears in the rain moment with like mm. i can i can tell you a thousand reasons why this sun isn't real but i well, i can't do the exact quote but i don't know why it looks real or something like that <laughs> yeah her performance so i think cortana's performance is really as a standout here and you've got a few other performances like you, you it does benefit from having characters that aren't just chief and cortana uh lasky and del rio they're not fantastic characters but they're well performed
0: i didn't love the fact that the only speaking human characters in this game were all white yeah yeah there's that (laughs) and it's 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 certainly a sign of the time but um they rectified that a little bit in the in the subsequent game but you know it's just like come on dudes People of color can be more than just scientists running around with their heads chopped off in the you background. You don't even
1: have Sarge in this game. I don't remember what happened. I'm guessing he's died at some point. I don't recall. Sarge has died like three times. Oh Yeah, they're still killing Sarge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what do you think? Should we talk a little bit about Halo 5? Maybe touch just, on it
1: for a second? I had one other note here. What was it? Oh, there's that final line between Lasky and, and Chief where he... Lasky's like, oh, I've I've lost people. I've lost so many people, but you've lost Cortana. I can't be, I can't begin to imagine what that's like. It's like I get that they're close, but she's an AI, and like I get, and compared to all the, the humans and family that this guy's lost, it seems a bit of a stretch. There's some pretty comical moments. I thought, like they right. they, they tell what is it? Re- the ca- captain tells so- someone like this random commanded to, like, arrest the chief. is like, if <laughs> you seen him? He's serious? <laughs> right, like, that's going to happen. <laughs> it's like telling a beat cop to arrest Captain America or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I guess, you know, in terms of Cortana, like, the, the character was literally in his head. So, obviously, there's going to be some...
1: And dude has some trauma, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah, some intimacy there. But for some reason, spoiler alert, in the next title, he managed to go through the whole game without an AI at all. Yeah,
1: although you aren't alone in that game. So yeah, that's sure. that's that's that's. Um, I don't know if we're going for time, but let's do a quick um, retrospective on Halo Five as an addendum.
0: These games, I literally played them back to back. You know, Halo Five seems like a really noticeable graphical upgrade from um, from Halo Four. It's
1: probably the change of the generations, right? Absolutely. I mean, it was on a whole yeah, a whole different generation of consoles. I think this was on an Xbox. I'm pretty sure it was Xbox One, Halo 5 launched on. And otherwise
0: very similar design principles. The Prometheans are there again. Some of the Promethean units were tweaked a bit, and I think you said you enjoyed their tweaks, and and, and I did as well. I think
1: they're they're drastically different. I mean, the Knights, what they originally just felt like slightly bigger elites, but now they're like actual tanks that like you have to pump so much ammo into their armor is falling off in like multiple spots so you can really like you can target specific areas uh they have like much heavier weaponry so they actually feel like formidable opponents now right and then there's smaller versions of them that are easier to kill but like teleport around in really like dynamic ways i
0: see it as more of a refinement but yeah, i agree they are much improved over the previous outing, and I, I think a continuation in, in a good direction compared to the pretty stale Covenant at this point.
1: <laughs> like, I, I was literally just, I was, I, just before we recorded, I was standing on a, a cliff, like, where I thought I was, had a pretty good vantage point snutting people, and one of them just teleported up into my face. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: give them up. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So the big difference between this game and the previous iterations is that there's essentially two whole different teams of Spartans that you are not exactly occupying, but you're contending with. So there's two perspectives in this game. There's the chief's team, blue team or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then there's Locke's team. So Locke is a character who turns out was not played by Mike Coulter, by the way. Mike Coulter provided... This is Marvel's Luke Cage, by the way, provides his likeness only oh, in this title, not the voice. Okay. So that I did not know, but nonetheless, Locke's character is a much welcome person of color, as is much of his team, other than the return of Nathan Fillion, reprising himself, his role as basically.
1: Spock.
0: <laughs> for sure, playing himself to- as to- to- Halo to- to- fan. Nathan Fillion role. <laughs> right. So he's back from ODST and, you know, he's he's nice there too as a yeah, yeah. buddy companion. But then there's Tanaka, who apparently has a interesting, tragic background that is only really teased by Cortana briefly. Yeah,
1: none of them get a huge amount of characterization. There's the throwaway lines that are easy to miss. Um, the, the game is never really slows down for very long to, to, to figure out what's going on. Right. Uh, is, she, is she the one that's like the the translator? She can speak Sanghili or something? I, I forget think. whether it's or she's her Samus or Veil.
0: <laughs> Vail, vale, the thing I noticed most about her is that her suit makes her look exactly like Samus Aran. No. <laughs> Metroid Dread had just recently come out when I played this game, so all I could think of was Zero <laughs> Suit Samus.
1: I thought pretty, pretty deliberate,
0: <laughs> for sure.
1: But they, the characters do all have a distinct look to them. They're not all just wearing the same Mjolnir armor set. It's a, it's
0: kind of comical, right? <laughs> like you you play the multiplayer games and you see all the suit customization, and it's like, who is designing these <laughs> these these Lego piece suits to put together? Right? It's like <laughs> this is obviously just for character customization. Seems a little inconsistent that they would make. A suit that is essentially customized for each fighter.
1: Well, I think there is there are different classes essentially. Like you got your recon suit and your your direct conflict suit, and I I, I seem to recall that's how I classified them in the past, but it's it's all pretty arbitrary, I suppose.
0: So Locke's team is very memorable. Well, all the characters seem quite fleshed out, but in opposition to that, the chief's team seems quite unremarkable. How did you feel about that?
1: That's all going to rely on on stuff, obviously. Uh, One one of the literally the very first books, I think. I think it was the Fall of Reach that covered. I mean, maybe they were in the actual Reach game. I'm not sure, but they were like they were part of the the OG Spartan team. So I I do I I'm familiar with those characters, their names at least, but they don't have much character as with most Spartans by design, basically. Whereas these new newer Spartans aren't like kidnapped. experiments (laughs) they're they're like actual conscripted adults so they have characters and banter back and forth and like they're not just mindless super soldiers
0: (laughs) right i guess the the chief's team just in comparison felt quite robotic
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's obviously a a reason behind that but it is a pretty stark comparison yeah (laughs) yeah and
0: even the chief who we we already mentioned is quite stalwart and spartan uh for lack of a better he word he
1: feels very particularly mindless in this he's just slowly walking towards cortana for the entire game without right. really much reason
0: nor well he seems despondent right yeah like they essentially the first scene you see him is you get the feeling that, that he's been working himself and his team ragged in pursuit of doing his job right so working through his pain his loss
1: yeah, because you, know, you don't really see much from his perspective. I think most of the game is from Locke. And it's a bit, it's strange the, the contrast between those perspectives. You don't really get enough of Jeep to get the motivation there, unless, like I said, you have all that background context.
0: <laughs> I think that was possibly one of the reasons why the Halo 5 is is pretty maligned, I think, in general, because essentially you are playing against yourself <laughs> you are well basically playing a team I'm of characters the <laughs> right yeah you're hunting down the greatest hero of all
1: time but this time you is it literally a group of other spartans try to do it not just some <laughs> random lieutenant
0: <laughs> so despite how charismatic and well-developed these new characters are they're always going to be working for the wrong side essentially right
1: yeah putting them at odds like that it's not not the, not the best uh contrast yeah
0: I think it's kind of like, it's very similar to that um, Star Wars Squadrons game I mentioned where you are quite literally playing both sides of the conflict. That's going to be inherently unsatisfying because you're always going to be rooting for one side more than the other.
1: Yeah, you can't, there's, not, there's not always two equal sides to the story, basically.
0: Yeah, they say uh, you can't serve two masters and <laughs> I suppose you you can't root for two sides in in, in a war.
1: That said, though, I, I, I do think I, I I did have a surprisingly good time with this game. Uh, other other than the, some of those story, comp- like how, how complex that that story mechanics, the the, the the character dynamics are. But other than that, like the, the whole the, the fact that you have a squad of four at all times, like blows open how the level designs are. Basically, sure. everything is much wider and more open. It, it, this is like thinking back, like the one game that isn't doesn't fit that economy of walking down narrow corridors or, right. or the, everything feels open and diverse.
0: The other uh, Halo games at times feel lonely. And I think that was intentional, but this one you sort of can't feel lonely because the AI companions, unlike the previous incarnations are actually pretty effective.
1: There's an argument to be said that that's not a Halo game, but it does, I think a better job than Halo four in making it a distinct Name for itself, like setting itself apart from those games, which is what three four three is obviously trying to do. So
0: you know, I, I don't need to say much more about Halo Five other than it was largely a, a pretty big technological improvement. It really took the series in a new direction, narratively speaking. the The game starts off with a pretty robust, fully rendered CG yeah, intro. Yeah,
1: that was pretty impressive. I thought very dynamic that cutscene.
0: Right, yeah, very, very well, well produced. Maybe a little bit out of character for the series, <laughs> but you know, it certainly did the job of introducing the characters. And I thought a lot of the level designs were more innovative than Halo Four. Like, I think there's like a sort of Sangheili temple.
1: Yes, I literally just, just got to that level now. But there's yeah, there's this Sangheili homeworld. There's like the mining planet. There's the Genesis planet.
0: The water world with the platforms. Oh, I yes, was pretty yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, so there's a really wide variety in settings more so than any of the, the other games, even Infinite in comparison. In, in so I, I, I do appreciate that. I think it has a much better sense of place in the broader sort of Halo universe, but at the same time doesn't do a great job of giving you the information you need to, to, for that greater context, you know what I mean? Like it, it throws you in the deep end, really.
0: My favorite set piece, although it was over very quick, was the magnetic boot level.
1: I don't think I've hit that. I don't
0: think I've hit that yet. <laughs> oh, it's it's pretty fun. It, it's just this sort of ridiculous two thousand nine Star Trek the movie kind of level of <laughs> what would happen if you just sent the guys running on the outside of the of the vehicle. Huh. I thought that was pretty fun way that they played with the physics. Totally ridiculous, right? Spartans had mag boots all this time. apparently they did but i had fun with it nonetheless it was a nice mix up to the monotonous routine yeah so halo 5 i felt overall quite good about a nice continuation from halo 4
1: yeah i'd already mentioned that it's got much better mobility it's got like the weapons feel more diverse so i i think all in all the as a like this is a pretty good package it doesn't necessarily feel like a traditional halo game in many senses but i think this it's a great evolution of what halo could be
0: one slightly negative note is that, as you might imagine, our long-lost friend Cortana returns, but I s- sort of thought they underused her.
1: Yeah, she's only really... Like, she's alluded to, but only really comes back proper towards the end. And I think even in Halo Infinite, is the same thing from what Little Life played that, like, she's alluded to, but doesn't actually... I think she's even, like, a small spoiler, but at the very start of Infinite, she is, quote-unquote, dead. So... Again, sorry for, for what that's worth. Um, <laughs> right?
0: How how dead can you be as an yeah, AI though? Yeah.
1: I, I'm I'm not willing to put money on that.
0: <laughs> and and just for the most microscopic of touches onto Halo Infinite is um I just got to the open world part and I think it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I've been picking it out as well. I've been trying to focus on on, on four and five, obviously, but I'm really enjoying the open world elements. It's, it's a little bit repetitive, like the it's the one. Like setting that uh, that pacific northwest pine forest area like it's not really much diversity in the in the outdoor areas in mean, you're doing the same activities but those activities are pretty fun for what it's worth uh and again the performances are great weapons feel great uh so yeah having fun so far
0: i've been f- really feeling the need for a big dumb open world action game <laughs> and i'm hoping that this fills that spot for a little while at least
1: yeah, well, now that we have uh, finished this retrospective, we can we can dive fully into that, hopefully. <laughs> Wait for the, the co-op coming next year. Yeah,
0: that's right. That hasn't even come out yet. So we should play some more multiplayer and some co-op campaign when it comes out. Yeah, this game has a lot to offer, I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, sure we'll be discussing that one more in the future, perhaps. So there you go. You got two and a half or... <laughs> one and three quarters
0: Halo games we discussed there. I really enjoyed my time getting back into the series and I'm really looking forward to playing more Halo. You
1: know what I, I completely forgot to mention? I've even been dabbling a little bit in in OG Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, another podcast I listened to called Game Dev Study Buddies, I think it's called. It's t- two game developers like doing book club style, one game at a time, over across multiple episodes. And they just started a series on Halo 1. Uh, it happens that one of the fellows, I can't remember his name, but he was at, at one point the lead designer on Halo Infinite. So it has some pretty interesting perspective on that. So if you're interested in hearing more about the design of Halo, I'd, I'd recommend checking that out.
0: Yeah, sounds like a solid recommendation. Although I must say you're a very brave man for tackling Halo Combat Evolved after oh, all I've, these I've years. Oh, I've
1: played it so many times. It's like muscle memory now. <laughs>
0: Well, I feel like we've covered uh, Halo, uh, at least the latter trilogy, t- a good degree. Or, uh, shall we talk about uh, the next board game we're covering?
1: Yes. So we're uh, jumping back to the, the board game side of the coin next episode, and we'll be looking at Seven Wonders Duel, the spin-off of the popular Seven Wonders game. Uh, that, that's like a, a two-players-only version. Uh, I've been playing bit of that on on board game arena lately so uh looking forward to diving into that
0: right and I hear that you might have gotten the expansion to that two-player game as well
1: yes well that, those are available on on board game arena so I, I'm not really sure what they add so I'm looking forward to diving into those and uh we might talk about the sort of com- in comparison to both seven wonders and the as an even even newer uh version called seven wonders architects that j- just came out a month or so ago I feel like I have
0: not played Duel or Architects nearly as much as the original game, and even the original game, I haven't played all of the expansions. I enjoyed Leaders quite a bit, but haven't touched any of the other ones. No, so I don't even have any there are right now. <laughs> oh yeah, there's at least four? I don't know. I'm going to need some Seven Wonders education <laughs> before the episode drops. History lesson. <laughs> well, it was good talking about Halo with you.
1: Yep, uh, a quick a quick uh, plug, if I may. Uh, my own channel, Board Game Feast. I've been working on some treats over the holidays. Uh, I've, I'm doing my long running series on Oath right now, covering each of the the factions in edible form. I'm, I'm doing a feast for each of the six factions in Oath. So I'm, in the second one, I'm I'll be launching next week now but probably around the same time as this episode is dropping so look out for that on my uh twitter or instagram at board game feast i don't know if you have anything to the plug mark uh not really i'll
0: just uh, say that uh, i really enjoyed staying at the versant hotel in richmond <laughs> bc for my little staycation uh, there's f- wonderfully appointed rooms great restaurant on the main floor called bruno yeah, there's a fantastic soaker tubs in there. Go check them out if you're in the neighborhood. I hope you got a sponsorship for that. <laughs> well, be expecting your sponsorship money anytime, Versant <laughs> Group.
1: All right. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your holidays and the the new year um, on on this side of, of 2021.
0: <laughs> That's right. Welcome to 2022. I hope everyone else is having a great, a great new year. <laughs> All
1: right. Thanks for listening everyone.
0: Bye. Take care. Bye.